Hello everyone, welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And on today's episode, we have a very special guest. She's actually just launched her brand new blog called Explore with Erin, literally a, a few days ago. And uh, we have the honor of actually being the first interview for Explore with Erin. So, you know, in the next few years, the next few months, I'm sure she's going to get all over the media, all over the press, just like she did before with mainstream media, new media such as YouTubers, podcasts as other bloggers so uh, it's definitely an honor to be the first interview that Aaron's ever done uh, for Explore with Aaron. Uh, so to start off with uh, I would love to uh, share I would love for you Aaron to share a little bit more about yourself if you want to share a little bit of your background and about your family and about your passion for travel. Hello, thanks for having me. It's so great to be here. I'm really excited as well. As you know, I just launched my blog. Um, previously, I had a blog called Travel with Bender and that started because in 2012, I left Australia with um, my partner and my two children and we started off on a nomadic journey, which I thought was going to be for about six months. And I only just got back to Australia in January this year. So it actually ended up being five years and a lot of amazing things happened during that time. Um, that's my basic, my, my history behind what's happened now. So, but I'm back and I didn't really know what to do because Travel with Bender was all about nomadic travel. So, and I really wanted to launch into something brand new for this new phase of my life, which is not going to include nomadic travel. Well, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit of the backstory of your travels. So you left um, Australia, where you're from, uh, about five years ago. And tell us about some of the, your major travels. So which uh, cities, countries and continents did you visit? Oh, look, if I did that, we would be here all day because my children have been to 67 countries in the last five years. Um, we did Southeast Asia, the Middle East, North America, Central America, Europe. We didn't get to South America or Africa, regrets, but we've got plenty of time still. The kids were two and three when we left. They're now seven and eight, and they did 67 countries during that time. That, that is amazing. Uh, I'm actually at 68, but that's just me. Uh, I, uh, I'm in uh, Medellin, Colombia, as we're speaking, and I've been to 68 countries solo. And in terms of my wife and kids, we've been to, uh, I think, about 15 countries total so far. And we've only been nomadic for about uh, seven months. And we're kind of doing something like what you were going to do, um, one year of travel. And then, uh, you know, <laughs> here you are five years later, just returning to Australia. And uh, I'm from Canada. Who knows? Uh, if we're going to be that long, but uh, like you never knew, we never know as well about our future. So, Erin, uh, um, walk us through um, some of the highlights. I mean, if you went to 68 countries, you must have some amazing experiences. Uh, what really stands out for you in terms of uh, destinations, sightseeing attractions, or moments or experiences that really left a lasting impression on you? Sure. Travel's addictive, so I would doubt that you'll only be gone a year. Um, <laughs> I know my kids have done 67, but I've actually done over 74. So um, I don't want to stop traveling because some of those moments that you're describing that come to mind straight away is 
we took a husky sled ride in Finland at Christmas time. That was amazing. It was like a dream come true. And the kids got to meet the real Santa because he has his office there in Finland. And um, hot air ballooning over Turkey was absolutely incredible at sunrise. Um, the landscape there is just so otherworldly. It was just, I'll never forget that moment. Big, big ticket items that we went and saw, you know, obviously when you go to see, um, you know, the Statue of Liberty or Mount Rushmore, um, things like that, that really the kids can recognise and they get really excited that they're actually there and they're present. Um, I know recently my children just started school for the first time and they went into grades two and three. And Mia's teacher said that they were learning about whale sharks and Mia put up her hand and she said, actually, um, what you're saying is not true. I swam with whale sharks last year in Mexico and this, 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 this and this is actually the truth about whale sharks. And I was so proud. I was like, that is so awesome. And all the class was like, what? You swam with whale sharks? Travel is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it is definitely amazing for us. Some of the highlights have been uh, going to Kruger National Park, Animal Safari, Iguazu Falls has been amazing. And uh, just, uh, you know, like it's almost like uh, the, the experiences that leave you, uh, take your breath away. You mentioned uh, dog sledding, hot air ballooning. I haven't done either of those things. So uh, the more I interview people, the more I get inspired to do those things. Like I would love to do uh, the things you just mentioned. Um, longer. It never stops. It just gets longer. <laughs> <laughs> so you built an extremely successful blog called Travel Bend with Bender. And, uh, you know, it, it's been an inspiration for a lot of different uh, families and bloggers around the world, myself included. Uh, you know, I definitely was uh, watching and observing what you guys were doing on social media and uh, trying to replicate and trying to see how are you guys uh, traveling the world? How are you guys writing about it? So tell us a little bit about how you became so successful as a travel blogger it's funny I started travel with Bender merely as a blog just to tell my family and friends what I was doing because obviously nomadic journeys five years ago was a new thing and everybody was like can you write about it so I did about six months into that journey I was in Malaysia watching a Chinese street festival and um, somebody called out Bender and I turned around and this little lady ran up to me and she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're here. I've been following you since Hong Kong. And I was like, I can't believe you read my blog. Who are you? And I had no idea that it wasn't my friends and my family that were reading my blog. And that moment changed what I started doing for my blog. It became less of a diary entry blog, which was more along the lines of, hey, I'm in Bali, hey, this is what we did today. And it became more of a, you know, these are the expenses you're gonna face when you travel and this is how much, um, this is the things you can do in this country and this is where you can stay and this is how you get around with children. And that was the turning moment for me when people really started taking an interest. I have a background in marketing. I'm actually graduated marketing. So for me, um, social media marketing was also my specialty. So I've always been in love with social media and that bit came easy. I didn't have a problem chatting to people, talking to people. Um, and so I guess I just started learning as well. I met a lovely lady in Penang who was a family travel blogger and she told me that her blog made money and I thought that was insane. I was like, are you joking? I did not know this. So that was my first step. She started teaching me a little bit. 
Then I started going to conferences and learning more and making, um, basically networking with other bloggers. That was the biggest thing I reckon for my success because not only do they recommend you for jobs, they help you out with your promotion on your social media, but overall they just spill secrets to you, especially if you can get them to like come over for dinner and a couple of drinks or something. Uh, yeah, definitely it pays to rub shoulders with the right people. And, you know, if you rub their back, they'll rub yours back, uh, literally. <laughs> so tell us about uh, some of the different income streams, because I think uh, one of the big objections um, of people traveling is that they don't have enough money or they think they don't have enough money. So how are you, how are you able to generate revenue and income while continuing to travel? When we started, um, obviously my husband was a web designer, so he was able to work wherever we went in the world, and that's how it originally started. Within about two years, the blog was making enough money for him to quit his job and for us to start living off the blog. Um, income streams, there are so many ways to make money on the blog. You can run giveaways, and when I talk about running a giveaways a lot, or do product reviews, a lot of people get a bit antsy, like, well, you shouldn't be paid to market a product. Well, that's the difference. There are two differences. You can be paid to market a product, and you can be paid for an honest product review. Um, what I'm asking for is that I spent, you know, two to three years building an incredible audience of people who really want to know about the products I use when I travel, about things that make my life easy. So why shouldn't I be getting paid for that? It's years of work and you're asking me to promote your product. So I think it's about time I was able to help out with that. Other income streams, um, a lot of destinations will invite you to come and see their place and then they can pay you on top of that. There's obviously the, the typical ones, affiliate marketing, AdSense, um, what else do I do? Freelance writing, photography, social media promotion. Then you've got the abnormal stuff like Twitter chats. Um, a company might ask you to host a Twitter chat and or a social media takeover. They might say, can you run our Instagram for a week and put up your own photos so that your followers become our followers? So there's tons you can do. I have a great article actually on ProBlogger about seven techniques I use to make money on my website. Awesome, and uh, we'll actually put a link to that one uh, below. That sounds like a great uh, resource for other travel bloggers. Uh, you know the top schooling side of things. So you've been traveling with young kids. Um, you mentioned uh, they were really young uh, at the toddler stage, and now they've moved on from toddlers to the kid stage. Uh, tell us about how you, you handled education and schooling on the road. Potty training was the worst to do when traveling the world. Like, because our houses changed so much, the boy just could not figure out where the bathroom was ever, you know? So we ended up actually having to take six weeks off in Guatemala at one stage just to potty train so that he would know where the bathroom was. <laughs> um, other than that, traveling with kids, younger kids I actually found was much easier because they didn't have an opinion of where you're going. Um, they can generally have nap times, which is great for a little bit of downtime, but they don't really have much say. So it was easy to see what we wanted to see. As they got older, we had to start building in more playgrounds, more children's museums, more theme parks, which is still fun because I'm, I'm into all that sort of stuff as well. But um, I think education was the hardest because they were two and three when we left, we didn't think about it. We were going for six months. 
So we just didn't think about it. And then all of a sudden they were five and six. And I was like, holy crap, I, I probably should start thinking about teaching these guys something. And I did started doing some research into unschooling, world schooling. There's so many different terms out there these days. Um, we decided we didn't want to go for a normal curriculum. So I bought some books. We did a couple of online programs for them. Um, when we were in Mexico for two months, I hired them a Spanish tutor. Just wherever the opportunities came, we were sewing into their education. Now they've been at school for the first time and they've had no problems at all. They've slotted in socially, they've slotted in um, with their reading and writing and um, they enjoy going to birthday parties, which is the highlight for them because they've got friends now. But uh, their education-wise, the teachers are really happy to have them in. They provide a lot of experience to the class. Yeah, and I think that's a question a lot of parents have is how will they transition back into normal, quote-unquote, life in terms of schooling, adjusting to um, regular friendships, et cetera. So uh, I'm so happy that your kids have adjusted well, and uh, now they're actually smarter than the teachers sometimes, right, as you alluded to earlier. <laughs> Definitely. And I was surprised how well they adjusted too. Like, we just had school holidays here, and I was like... The first day of school, we're walking to school, they're running. And I said, guys, slow down, let's stay on holidays. You don't have to go back to school. And they're like, no, let's go, let's go. It was fabulous to see because this now is their brand new adventure. Yeah, yeah. It's funny you say that because um, typically it's the other way around. You you switch them from uh, traditional schooling to adventure on the road, and now you switch them back to adventure at home. Uh, so amazing, uh, you know, transition there. Uh, so t tell us about uh, your, your transition back. Uh, so now you've left the nomadic life, and now you've transitioned to life as a normal Aussie, 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 Aussie. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever be normal again. I remember reading something just the other day, um, somebody put online and they were talking about how when you finish something as epic as what we've done, you're a circle and the people in your suburbs are squares and it's not your fault you're a circle and it's not their fault they're a square. But there is that slight disconnect and I find myself I guess the worst bit is not being able to talk about the travels because you come off more of a as a, a show-off when you're in a group of people who haven't left that environment. It's more like, oh, yeah, I did, you know, I swam with sharks in Mexico or I did this in Finland. When I'm talking to you, you're like, oh, my God, that's amazing. That's where I want to go. But when you talk to people at home, it's kind of like, well, why is she telling us this? <laughs> that's probably been the hardest, I reckon, about slotting back in. It almost feels as if it didn't happen almost though. And you kind of feel like you had this whole other life before being here. But I guess that's been helpful because I didn't go back to where I started. I'm in a completely new place as well. So that's helped a little bit. Uh, so uh, you've already covered uh, the history of uh, you know your journey uh, being a nomad, and now you've transitioned uh, to life in the suburbs, so to speak. And you've actually recently launched an amazing blog called Explore with Erin, and uh, you know we alluded to that at the beginning of the interview. But tell us a little bit about the origin story of Explore with Erin. Uh, you know, how did you pick up the name? How did you choose the brand? And uh, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about the launch uh, because it's an interesting journey from having a successful blog to now launching a brand new blog from scratch. It's so scary, like it was super scary. But at the same time, it was 
amazingly exciting because I have so much more knowledge now than I did when I launched Travel with Bender. Travel with Bender, I didn't even think of the name. It was just a, oh, we're traveling, so let's just tell people they can travel with us. Like it, there was no thought process into it whatsoever. Explore with Erin took me a long time and a lot of friends going over different options on names I wanted. I knew I wanted something that sounded similar so people would recognize travel with Bender, explore with Erin. There would be that kind of correlation a little bit. I wanted, um, since my first blog had my name in it, I wanted my second blog to have my name in it. Um, but the thing is I didn't want the word travel because I want to be exploring a lot of things. I want to be exploring where I am in Melbourne. The food scene here is incredible, so I plan on spending a lot of time on food. I wanted to explore lifestyle. Travel, like, actually really wrecked my body in terms of being a healthy person. And I've started seeing all types of different naturopaths and Ayurvedics and um, doing different programs. So I really wanted to explore that side of things for people. And then, of course, there's the exploration of what does, how does an abnormal family fit back into a normal world? So that was the the background of why I chose to explore this new world. Um, the branding and the logo was great. I, I actually hired a web designer to do most of that for me. He picked the colors. He, he chatted with me and he's like, I know exactly who you are and what you're going to need. And when he picked those colors, I was like, that is so me. It was perfect. Um, I'm so lucky. My brother is a graphic designer. So he helped me with my logos and um, a couple of other aspects. I've had some incredible people around me making sure that everything went off smoothly. So it was great. It's a great blog. <laughs> well, you know, I'm super glad we're actually doing both an audio interview for iTunes, plus we're doing a video interview here on YouTube because I can see, I, I can see the joy, the radiance, and actually uh, even the weight loss. I mean, it's amazing this journey uh, of health and fitness that you've come on. Uh, I would love for you to walk uh, walk the viewers and listeners through that journey too because um, uh, you know if you have some before and after pictures it is incredible uh, you know uh, the life change in terms of health uh, that you've undergone uh, walk us through the health journey and the fitness one yeah so obviously the last two years we were road tripping around America and I am sure everybody knows this but the moment you step foot in America you gain weight <laughs> the food sizes are massive um, it's, it's not that they have so many bad fast food options. They have good ones too, but it's just, there is a lot of great food to taste. You know, every, every state you go to, you want to have barbecue in Texas and you want to have, you know, key lime pie in Florida. So two years of road tripping through America, really, I really ballooned. I worked with a company called Personal Trainer Food back in February last year for one month, I had to sign a document that said that they would provide all the food and they would pay me for the promotion as long as I did not cheat. If I cheated, so it was huge. I actually had to commit to it and carry it out and I loved it. I loved the program. It worked really well. The only problem is that I was back on the road again and um, I couldn't keep it up. So the moment I got to Australia, I was like, I'm going to commit to that program again um, they don't have the program, unfortunately, here in Australia, so I just did it by myself. And um, I committed to that change. Um, obviously, I had some things going on in my personal life, which kind of um, kick-started the weight loss. But soon I was actually really enjoying it. And I started attending a gym just to work out, get out all my frustrations. And some days when you just feel, like, angry or sad, I just want to go to the gym and I just want to, like, 
power through all my strength exercises. So that started then the food. I'm only eating um, vegetables and protein. I kind of skip potatoes and carbs and sugar. I'm a little bit more lenient now. I've lost 21 kilos since January. <laughs> so I'm a little bit more lenient. I'll take the kids out for a freak shake on the weekend or eat some popcorn at the cinema. Sometimes when I'm making them, you know, sausages and mashed potatoes, I might sneak a couple of bites of the mashed potatoes. But um, overall, I was originally losing between one and one and a half kilos a week. Now I'm down to probably more like a half a kilo a week, which I'm okay with because I have started enjoying life again and I want to go out and eat out and but I want to do it in the right way that that never happens again. I think I mentioned to you just before I went and saw an a, a, a Ayurvedic doctor in Bali and these guys basically, they take your pulse and they can tell you what's going on in your body, what's wrong with it and what you need to do to heal it. And that was quite eye-opening because he said to me, you know, you need to get in a routine. He goes, all this travel has just stuffed your 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 the way your body works your metabolism because you're changing time zones all the time and you're not eating regularly at regular times and he was like i would like to see you try and stick to a routine for at least six months to a year and that was huge for me i was like well i want to be healthy for my kids and if what i was doing was not healthy then something needs to change and uh, you know, a change you have. So uh, good on you for the weight loss journey and uh, for looking and, uh, you know, uh, looking, sounding, and uh, yeah, just being amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, just like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you're back uh, on the blogging front, uh, you know, writing away about this weight loss journey, about life in Melbourne, Australia, about the road trips you're doing, about parenting food you mentioned, lifestyle. Uh, walk us through, what is your vision for this new blog that you just launched literally two days ago? Tell us about the vision going forward. I really want to encourage people. Actually, the vision wasn't even that firm. Like I really, I wanted to see what kind of audience I would draw, what type of people would be interested in a life that I was no longer living previously. And a lot of my readers, um, I got a lot of comments on the first day and a lot of them were saying to me, this is fabulous. A lot of people are selling a dream. A lot of people are selling the fact that you can go traveling with your family. But uh, what happens when you stop? And a lot of us do. A lot of us get to a point where we don't want to be nomadic anymore. We want a, a bit of a home. I want to have like a wardrobe full of shoes, which I have thoroughly missed from my travels. And that really hit me. I was like, she was like, so thank you for starting something because, you know, I'm about to come home after 18 months, this reader said. And she goes, and I'm worried about it. I don't know what to do. And I thought to myself, you know what, that's a huge niche that hasn't been filled. Because I was one of those people selling the dream. This is an amazing lifestyle. Come and live it. It's awesome. And I totally agree with that. It was an amazing lifestyle. But for me, it wasn't sustainable. And I foresee Explore with Erin talking about a lot about that, about how after you have lived your dream life, how to continue living a dream life that doesn't involve so much travel. <laughs> but still a lot. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, you said something earlier that travel is addictive. And I know you, Aaron. I know you're going to be traveling more. <laughs> it might not be the way it was before, but I know for sure uh, that there's so much more places that you're going to, you're going to be going. Uh, tell us a little bit about your bucket list items. I mean, you, you covered 68 countries, uh, but what are some of the uh, you know, destinations or countries or continents that you still want to see and, and things you want to do, place you want to go to? I like literally thought I ticked everything off my bucket list. I was like, well, I've pretty much done the world. And if I never travel again, that's fine. Um, clearly that is not true anymore. Um, I'm watching friends. One of my friends just went to Africa and did a safari and I'm like pining for Africa now. I'm like, I actually didn't want to go before, but I'm like seriously after seeing her photos and that's the benefits of following blogs and having friends that travel, right? They inspire us for new places we thought we'd never go. So Africa for sure, Iceland. I know that was the big thing for bloggers last year. And I remember seeing so many people in that beautiful blue lagoon. I was like, I want a picture in the blue lagoon, but maybe like 20 kilos lighter so I can head over there now. That's all good. <laughs> um, oh, a friend of mine just did a live video from Panama and I'd never considered Panama before, but that looked incredible. So uh, there might be someone uh, listening or viewing and uh, they're kind of envious of the journey you've been on and they want to become a travel blogger themselves and they don't know where to start. Uh, so you've been super successful and already I can see over the last few days you're already becoming super successful already and I know you're going to be in the, in the future to come. Uh, what would you tell that person who's just starting out um, in terms of blogging and travel blogging? I would find someone who can help you out or mentor you for a little bit, it, whether you do it through a course like the Travel Blogger Success course, whether you pick up a travel blogging friend who you just managed to get like a great connection with. That really helped me in the beginning was having someone I could go to and ask any type of question. There's also a lot of groups you can do that in. So I recommend definitely joining a lot of the Facebook groups from, you know, Travel Bloggers Network to We Travel, We Blog. Um, business of blogging. These are all amazing Facebook groups where you can ask questions. And I think even you have one yourself, right? I'm part of yours as well. So, yes, so exactly. many. Yeah. So, um, and then conferences. I probably didn't start. When I talked to this blogger, I realized I could start getting, you know, free things to promote companies. But it wasn't until I started going to conferences that I realized I could make money on top of that. Um, TBEX was the first conference I ever went to in Ireland back in 2013, I think. <laughs> and that was huge. It was eye-opening for me. TBEX, personally, I think is great for beginners. And um, I would recommend it for anybody starting out with their blog. And also check out um, places like the Travel Blogger, the Professional Travel Bloggers Association. Um, they're great for getting a foot on the ground, helping you. And we, that organization has a lot of good resources as well for its members within the website. Yeah, some great tips and resources there. Um, thanks for sharing all of those. Um, you know, travel blog, uh, travel blog success is a great one. The Professional Travel Bloggers Association, all of these different conferences. Uh, the Facebook groups is a great one. And I love the idea of mentorship as well. Uh, you know, just reach out to uh, someone like Erin, myself, or any other blogger who uh, you resonate with and ask them for help. And most bloggers are very willing, able, and ready to help out and um, help those who are just starting out because they know the difficulties, the struggles, the challenges uh, that you will face as a new blogger. <laughs> yeah. 
getting eyes it's the biggest thing <laughs> yes yes uh, so uh, you've just launched congratulations if people wanted to find out about your blog uh, about your social media handles and follow your journey they explore with Erin journey how can they do that everywhere as I said I love social media so you can find me on Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest thank God this blog name is actually small enough to fit on those I had a lot of problems with travel with Bender because Twitter is only 13 characters so um, explore with Erin fits everything is explore with Erin everywhere um, I am daily snapchatting as well if you love watching videos um, I put up Instagram photos daily um, Facebook is my primary I will respond to you. The engagement for me on Facebook is the biggest thing. So anywhere you want to be, I'm there. Explore with Erin. Yeah, definitely explore with Erin. She has an amazing journey ahead of her. Uh, you know, in terms of so many things, in terms of uh, uh, her new weight loss journey, in terms of uh, parenting, in terms of uh, living in Australia, and uh, food and lifestyle. And uh, I know travel's going to be in there, and I can just almost foresee it. I can see you in Animal Safari saying, I did it. I'm back on the road here, guys. I've, I've returned to my nomadic life. We'll see what the future holds, but I, I wish you the best, Erin, over there in Australia and beyond. Thank you so much for having me, Ricky. Yeah, thanks for being on, Erin. And uh, yeah, it was definitely a pleasure to interview Explore with Erin, Erin Bender, on our very first uh, podcast and videocast interview. And, uh, you know, make sure you check out her website. It's phenomenal. Uh, she's writing a lot of stuff about her journey, and uh, it's Explore with Erin. Dot com and also explore with Aaron across the entire World Wide Web. <laughs> uh, so thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, where we teach you not only how to become a, a digital nomad, but as you've seen and heard in this episode, but how to, how to transition from a nomad back to normal, everyday life. And it's almost the reverse digital nomadism that Aaron's described and, uh, you know, uh, that, is, that she's continued to, to document on her blog, Explore with Aaron. So thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. We'll catch you in the next episode. Happy travels, and thanks again, Aaron.